0: Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business without constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual, and I'm joined by my co-founder and co-host, Paddy Mann. Morning, Paddy. Good morning. Hi there. So, in recent episodes, we've been uh, looking at how onboarding should work from the perspective of the new joiner. But how do we manage the overall onboarding processes uh, from the business's side? There's a lot of things that need to happen from sharing contracts to setting up payroll and all the way through to getting the new joiner happy and confident in all areas of their role. Some of these tasks sit with HR and the manager, but some will need support from other departments such as finance and IT. So how can we take something that starts to feel like a complex process and yet make it still easy uh, and painless for everyone involved? So Paddy, this podcast helps people to de-stress their business. So first, let's start with what's the stress that we're looking to avoid when it comes to managing onboarding?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so the the nature of onboarding, is, as you picked up there in the intro, is that there's, there's quite a lot to it. And part of it is that there's, lots, there's lots of different people involved. Um, when you're getting ready, particularly uh, before the new joiner has joined, you've got different people involved. You might have finance involved and IT involved setting up systems. It may even be legal and the manager and do you want a buddy? And that becomes difficult for people to conceptually map out in their heads and kind of work out how do all these pieces jo- you know, fit together? Uh, they, do I have a flow chart? What, what, what's going to happen here? And when it's not done... Well, when you, when you don't have a nice streamlined process, the biggest thing that really happens is, is drop balls. Mm. And so basically an important step in the process will get forgotten or won't happen on time. Um, and that in turn will lead to essentially a crappy experience for the new joiner. An example might be, you, you, know, the, you uh, forget to ask IT to set up the systems or IT doesn't set up the systems on time because someone was sick or ill and it wasn't checked. And suddenly, you've got a a great onboarding process, all all kind of documented and and fought out. And yet the new joiners blocked for their first day. And there's just no way you can go and fix that. If they're completely blocked from moving forward, you just start twiddling your thumbs. And you've, Mm -hmm. you've taken something which could have been amazing. And you've blown that that first experience for them. So you, you you, you got this uh, big risk of dropping balls, and uh, undoing a lot of the good that we're trying to do with our onboarding process to help motivate that new employee to to stop them feeling anxious to help them getting delivering value soon doesn't set the best first impression and alongside that you're going to get the stress between between the teams if there isn't a clear sequence of actions which each team individually knows their role knows what they need to do um, and basically finds it painless to do that then you're going to get frustration and conflict you're going to get the HR team frustrated with the IT team because the IT team aren't taking it seriously or aren't prioritizing this to the right level or aren't coming back quick enough Mm -hmm. whatever it is it it leads to that additional conflict which goes alongside the actual kind of the the pain to the process itself Um, and of course that that's a a huge source of stress for everyone involved
0: yeah and I think uh, those last minute panics as well I think you know it's one of the things with the nature of onboarding is that there's very much a deadline. It's not a, uh, important, but not urgent. It's important and urgent and becomes increasingly. So as you approach that person's first day. And so I think the often, you know, for, for us in our, in our businesses, that any stress that we've had around it tends to happen, you know, the last few days or the night before or the morning of that new employee starting where you suddenly realize uh, and fortunately, this this sort of thing happens in the past for us. Uh, it's now it now works very well. But like, I remember times where um, perhaps we'd go, Oh, actually, have we got the contract sorted? Or have we uh, agreed this particular thing? Have we gotten set up with the system? Or, um, or even... Um, Uh, One of the things about us being a globally remote company, one of the challenges is to make sure that someone's got their devices, uh, particularly their laptop, well in advance, because sometimes that can be tricky, right? When we've had people in, uh, particularly if I'm thinking India and Kenya, have been two countries where... You can't just, you know, go on to Amazon and order it, and it comes next day, and everything's fine. Like it, it, re- it does require planning, and and so on, and so that can create stress when you start to realise, ah, we might be in trouble here. We might need to move their start date as a result, and that has a knock on effect, and and all that kind of frantic um, managing can be incredibly stressful for the managers, the business leaders, and all those sorts of things. So. Uh, we've got a number of ways in which it's uh, stressful for uh, for people, and of course for the employee as well. Like if it if it starts to impact them, and and those uh, drop balls, as exactly as you say, uh, happen um, that that can create that stress. So to avoid all of that, all of that pain, all of that stress, the drop balls, and so on, how does a business make it easy to manage?
1: Cool. So what you've got here is it's a a process which suddenly feels, because you've suddenly identified there's, there's lots of different people and potential handovers and so on, it suddenly feels like it could be quite complex. And the, the task that we kind of need to do now is to get our hands around the whole thing, really understand the scope of what's going on, and then look at how to make it as simple as possible. So the first step would be to go, which, which people, or which roles need to be involved at all? so make that list and initially it will feel scary because you'll every time you go oh i forgot one that feels scary because it reminds you that, that it's possible to overlook things yeah but once you've got there and you, particularly once you've 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 uh, worked it through and tested it then then it becomes a very standard list and the, the ones that you're particularly going to be looking out for uh would be hr are typically going to be um responsible for um, Uh, Managing uh, supporting the new joiner before they join and also doing the company onboarding. You've got the manager for the new joiner who, of course, needs to be supporting the role onboarding and their ongoing development after that. Um, You may have a a buddy or a mentor who is someone who's going to be assigned to the new joiner to help answer questions. And this is something uh, (laughs) when you're early on and you're mapping it out, it kind of feels scary to throw in another role. But uh, this is actually this is worth doing because it makes uh, the life a lot easier for both hr and the uh, manager to to have this buddy who can answer all the the kind of simple questions and it typically be be someone who's recently uh, joined the company themselves and has been through the onboarding experience and knows all the kind of little gotchas that they would need to know so you've got the hr manager and buddy and then there're the the other departments that need to um unblock the process at some point Uh, finance would typically be there because they're going to need to be handling payroll um, and it's likely that the new joiner needs to be set up in various systems they may need to request certain pieces of information from the new joiner to make make it possible you've got it Um, so ideally when you're dealing with your giving them systems access uh, it becomes a lot easier if you are able to pass that to uh to an it team an it function rather than handling all of it uh, within HR, or the uh, or within the, within the team, you may have other departments. So it may be that legal needs to be involved with the the contracts. And so what you're trying to do is make this make this list. Uh, you're going to have probably find five, six, seven different teams or roles that need to be involved, and just go. Okay, that's I'm now clear on on that. I'm clear on who needs to be involved. The next step is to go how can we make the kind of the end-to-end process as simple as possible? And you can kind of think of it in terms of kind of stages. And you want at any one time, that there's one person in one role who's fundamentally responsible and accountable for the process. Um, And so when you start off, you got HR who are gonna be responsible for making sure that, uh, everything that needs to happen before the um, before they join, and during company onboarding, happens and goes to plan. There will need to be a handover because HR cannot see the process through to the end. Uh, at some point, needs to, the, the new joiner is going to go into their team, and so the manager is going to need to um, take over that process. What we're trying to do here is just go. There's a couple of stages. And at any point, I know exactly there's going to be one person who's going to be accountable or one role that's accountable for the, uh, for the process. What we don't want to do is to create a complicated flowchart with lots of handovers. You mm-hmm. don't want to be in a position where uh, HR is responsible until it gets handed over to the IT team and then comes back to the finance team. And then because if you get into a situation where things are being passed around, that's where you get the opportunity for, for drop balls because there's no one who's taking overall responsibility. And if something gets delayed for a week in finance and then on day one, HR suddenly goes, Oh no, about five things haven't happened well, frankly, that's that's what you're you're gonna expect. Um and so you might go, okay. Well, how, how does that even work for IT or finance? You've got HR taking the lead, bless you. HR taking the lead for the uh, the pre onboarding, the company onboarding. And then you've got the, the line manager doing it. So how would it work for IT or finance? And the the answer would be, HR would be responsible during that that phase during the pre onboarding, which is when the systems need to be set up and finance to be to get get involved. And so the HR person will need to trigger um or, or ask uh finance and it to do their tasks and we'll need to check that it's happened it can't be a i ask you to do it and i expect it to happen because again if it uh is a little bit tardy takes too long isn't uh, on holiday then it's it's not a, an excuse to go okay that's what happened on, on day one someone and that's going to be hr needs to be responsible for it uh end to end so once you've got this you've got everyone who's involved in the process mm-hmm. you know there's basically two two big phases one where hr is not responsible and one where um uh the line manager is is responsible we can now turn this whole process into some checklists
0: and and ju- and just before we dive into um creating those checklists because well, one of the things that you know we've talked about there is the different roles the different functions that are involved <clears throat> And I think in large organisations, that feels comfortable. It's, you know, OK, yep, we've got IT and finance and legal and so on. We've got HR. Um, there might be a bit of an issue about, uh, depending on who's listening to this right now, there might be a sense of, hmm, like if I'm if you're outside of HR, you might be thinking, ah, so hang on, HR need to lead it. How do I bring this to them? Of course, you could share these episodes with them and, and discuss it and uh, encourage them to to kind of lead it. Um, but if you're a small organization or a smaller organization, even um, even if you've got tens, uh, tens of employees, um, you may have people who are uh, leading multiple roles, right? They're responsible for multiple functions. And in fact, one of the things that I like that we did early on when we started doing this was that even in the checklist, we still reference like, you know, reach out to the head of finance, reach out to head of HR, or um, you know, send this to the uh, the IT lead. Even though, like at the time, I, th- I I was head of HR and head of finance. You were essentially the IT and head of, uh, head of IT. I think there are even times when we said, "Oh, but I but I'll deputy for that, and therefore do some of those tasks for you." And so, like, and I think that's what an important distinction is that for a small business. You, that's normal and and appropriate, but it's useful to think about the hats that you're wearing. So rather than just go, oh, onboarding, I'm basically finance and HR and legal, therefore it's just me, um, it's better to break it up. And one of the biggest reasons is because otherwise it's really hard to pass it to other people later, right? Like When you've got onboarding checklists where you, if you said, oh, I'm not going to create checklists per each of these roles because it's all me anyway, it then makes it really hard to then start to pass some of that off your plate. So, for example, deciding actually it'd be really I've now got a finance administrator. I'd like to pass all the finance stuff on to them. But if it's all in, entangled in your wider process, that makes it really tough. So. So, yeah. So, as you say, um, getting clear on those roles, as I say, even even if they're if it's some people are wearing multiple hats and then having checklists for each of those. So talk us through like, what are the checklists that you'd expect in there and uh, and then we'll go into more detail.
1: That was a a brilliant, brilliant point. Um, And yeah, as you say, sometimes we are both the head of HR and the head of IT in the small business, but you're going to make your life so, 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 so much easier in the long term. If you acknowledge that you are one person wearing multiple hats and that one day you will be able to pass over those IT IT tasks to someone else. And it will make you so happy at that moment when you, you see it's all ready to go, as opposed to, oh no, I need to go and rethink this entire thing. Yeah. Um,
0: and a and, and, really, and, uh, really, quick, really quick thoughts cool. on that is um, partly because it's once you've identified those hats, it's um, a lot of I see a lot of business leaders and business owners who think, oh, I need to hire a mini me. Like I, need, I just need to hire someone who can do all yeah. the things that I do. And that is so difficult because a mini you doesn't want to work for you. <laughs> you know, you, they want to run a business or be a leader or whatever. Um, and so instead, whereas you definitely can delegate each of those hats when you clear on each, what uh, each of them are. So, uh, yeah, that's awesome. anyway, I've interrupted. Go ahead. Uh, take us through this checklist.
1: <laughs> now, we, we, we could and probably will on another episode go into it in detail that that kind of breaking apart the accountabilities uh, or, or your, your thinking about your roles and responsibilities and different hats you wear is, is such a powerful thing to do. Um, and, and then makes it really easy to pick out little parts and, and pass it down works brilliantly in this case okay so, so we've now got those those uh d- different we've identified the different people involved we've uh, identified who's accountable at the each of the stages um and we've acknowledged that actually some the sometimes it will be you you will uh, be wearing the head of hr one and you will be the manager and you will be and that's okay but we're still going to break it down and then we're going to create individual checklists um so at this point we're basically we're getting to the point where we're identifying uh breaking it down into tasks that each of these people can do and we um want to make it as as easy easy to possible uh easy as possible for the people to use so we go okay what's the kind of the overall task that someone in hr is doing We go, okay um, they are supporting the new joiner and taking responsibility from uh from the point of recruitment finishing uh and when the preparation needs to start to the point where they are completely onboarding, company onboarding and handing over. And so we've created checklists for the HR team called prepare for and onboard a new joiner. And it will take them through those steps. And in the preparation, it would include those handovers where they ask IT and finance to do things. And then they would um, check that they have happened and make sure that everything's ready for day one. It would also include things like uh, sending communications to the to the new joiner, making sure they feel engaged and motivated, uh potentially sending a gift, various other things that need to happen before day one um, and then in the same uh checklist whether we we would rather than um to keep it simple we've generally found it uh, that you 've got this one kind of set of tasks during which the h r person is is responsible, so we just follow it through in the same checklist that they then pick up on day one and will greet the new joiner and take them through the company onboarding and it would finish at the point where they hand it over to, to roll onboarding. Then we want checklists for each of the other people. So we'd have a checklist for the manager to prepare for uh, a, a new joiner. And that will include things like checking that their role onboarding is in good shape uh, and making any updates that they need to. It would include, uh, setting up meetings uh, and making sure that the new joiner is invited to all the meetings. It might include setting up uh, specific tools that the IT team doesn't have direct access to. Um, there would be a checklist for the buddy, uh, and uh, we've got a we've got great templates for all of these. But I really like our template for the the buddy because people that haven't introduced a buddy system to their to their company so far kind of look at it as I this is something we haven't even thought about. Right now, I'm just trying to get my head around the whole onboarding thing. Can we just skip this? And I'll say the the buddy template is so easy, and it basically it just says, look, you are a buddy, uh, you're going to be a buddy, great job. And most people get pretty excited. They're like, oh, responsibility. Let's let's go. Um, these are the things that we want you to be able to do: so answer questions, provide a help. All you need to do is basically set up some meetings in your calendar with them, so that you can do these engage, uh, have these kind of uh, sessions answer questions and then um if any issues arise raise it to the to the uh to the manager so it's really 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 simple but that checklist just kind of tells the buddy what they need to do makes it clear to anyone else who's looking at it what they need to do uh, and get some meetings in the in the diary and that's great that's suddenly something you can hand over to anyone on the uh anyone on the new joiners team to to support them with and then finally there'd be checklists for, you know, finance for IT and so on. And these would be, um, uh, specific to the, 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 individual tasks that they need to do. So in finance, if, if the thing that finance needs to do is to set up the payroll, hmm. then the HR checklist will say, contact finance, ask them to set up payroll and finance would have a checklist for the task of setting up the payroll for a new joiner. Uh, so they would just need to kick that off and let HR know when they're, uh, when they're done, of course. HR doesn't need to, uh, it doesn't need to be a kind of guarantee that, eight, uh, the finance will complete it because we know that there can be drop balls. So HR is still going to have this check just to go have finance actually done this, are we on, are we on schedule? Same for IT, there would be a, a checklist for that task of setting up system access for a new joiner. And if there were other teams that had other specific tasks, then they would also be captured as checklists.
0: Love that, I think the, um, there's a few things that I want to dive into, I'm conscious of gotten uh, got an eye on the time. Um, I think uh, one of the things that occurs is how, you know, we, one of the things we talked about at the, the start of the episode is the stress that's involved in when managing the onboarding is either difficult or when it goes wrong and how you get a lot of drop balls. And uh, to, you know, I, I think it's useful to just highlight the checks and balances that are in, um, that are present in what's uh, just been described around uh, stopping those drop balls. So firstly, you've got the checklist that HR are following to make sure that you know they kick off things on time. Secondly, you've got checklists to help those, pe- uh, those people and those functions, like finance and IT and so on, so that they're clear on what they need to do and that they do the right things in the right order so that they can support it. Then you've got the fact that HR won't consider it done until from their perspective it's done. It's not like, oh, well, I've handed it off to IT. I'll just trust that it's done. It's in their interest to make sure that before that uh, employee's first day that it has been and that they follow up and so on. One of the other things that we do is that then in the employee uh, onboarding checklist, which in a previous episode we talked about making self uh, onboarding self service, in that self service onboarding checklist, the employee would then have, let's say, um, set up your tools. And so it would have something like, you know, okay, first you need to set up your email. You should have already received an email uh, on how to do this, including how to set up uh, second factor authentication, all these sorts of things. If not, like, you know, contact us or whatever. And so then you've got another chat uh, sort of a check or balance or, a, you know, an opportunity to catch it if something got missed. And so it means that, you know, we've been in situations and certainly for our clients, I've, I've said to them in the past, I've said, like, as long as you've got this in place, at least for the employee, worst case scenario, you have the manager, HR, finance, everyone fails and so, what does the employee do? They come to you and say, "Oh, I don't, I don't think I've got access to this system or these systems yet." And you go, "Oh, no problem." And you go sort it. Like having those things in place makes a huge difference, rather than the employee not even realizing that there's a system that they need access to, or what to do with it, and, and uh, or when to ask, and as a result, getting blocked or just twiddling their thumbs because they they're just waiting. And so, I think you know, having those in place and having those for the different areas makes such a difference. Um, and, you know, we're talking about it particularly from the view of managing and making it easy to manage and reducing the drop balls, but also in terms of how it feels for other people as part of the process. You know, if you're a business leader or maybe you a head of HR or whatever, you perhaps feel reasonably confident that it'll be fine and you'll work your way through. But there are more junior people involved at various stages, whether in finance, IT, HR uh, or even that buddy You know, someone who's uh, potentially junior in the organisation, and it can be incredibly stressful for them. Perhaps it's the first time they've ever been a buddy. You know, it's it's kind of starting their journey upon um, sort of team management and all those sorts of things. And so, I think it's really powerful to to make sure that those things are in place to make it easy for them to uh, fulfil the the expectations of each of those roles. So, I think that's really powerful. Uh, And thanks for taking us through that, Paddy. Anything to cover before uh, before we wrap up?
1: No, I, I think the, the bit I'll uh, just chuck in is, as I shared earlier, we have got templates for for each of these bits. So I, I kind of kept it quite a high level, just <laughs> thinking about the, the key roles and the overall checklist that will, will be there. Um, but you can look at the show notes for today's episode or in the comments if you're looking on uh, LinkedIn Live or elsewhere, uh, and you'll find a series of templates for each. Each of those has one for HR, one for the manager, one for the buddy, uh, one for finance, one for IT. Uh, and that will give you a great starting point of uh, then sense checking. Okay, what would I need in each of these? In each of these stages? Yeah,
0: they're, they're so powerful. Like whenever we're on calls with customers, uh, the number of times when you know we talk about onboarding, they go, "I know I need something, but I," uh, you know, start with a blank page is hard. And you bring out the wheel out these templates. It's like, oh wow, <laughs> just get get started from that perspective and just add in and and bespoke it. It's so so powerful and saves a lot of time. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, as regular listeners will know, we also run a weekly webinar on how to free up 15 hours per week and remove the constant stress of running a business without slowing down growth. Uh, It's every Wednesday at 1 p.m. UK time, and you can find out more and register at www.airmanual.co forward slash webinar. And a final note for our podcast listeners, as a new podcast, we do need your help. Uh, If you found the content today valuable, please just take one minute to leave an honest review. Uh, Or if you're uh, watching this on social media, please reshare it, like it uh, and subscribe and so on. It helps us uh, give the podcast more visibility and as a result, help more people. And we'd hugely appreciate it. Otherwise, until next time, have fun.